So welcome, 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 so welcome to No Stupid, stupid Questions. Hello, everybody. This week, up, folks? It's for real. With T. Leak like, and Jag. Rah, rah, like a dungeon drag. What's up? No, no <laughs> specific no order. order. I love no <laughs> Stupid <laughs> Questions show. Can we curse on this show? Do whatever it's we feel. Okay. Time is for question real. for today. Now, rah, rah, like all right. Stupid. So, the question. No stupid questions. Jack. No stupid questions. Welcome to this episode. <laughs> My of first question is, who are you? No stupid questions. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of No Stupid Questions, the show where two smart people ask one simple question, or so we think. Hey, T. Leak, how you doing today? Jack, I am here and excited about the question we are going to discuss today. Being here is half the battle. <laughs> hit, hit me with the question. Uh, well, um, we, we're not going to front. You came up with this question, and it was a damn good question, and it kind of scared me when you said it to me with all the stuff that's been going on. Um, the question of the day is, can a black man get justice? Justice, wow. You know there's no justice, there's just, just, there's just us. <laughs> you feeling kinda, kind of uh, silly today. Right? <laughs> all right, but let's, let's jump into this on a serious note. Um, this, is, this is a serious issue. Um, very serious issue. You know, I'm, I was bombarded this week with the, I guess what I call the, the cop killings of black folks. Um, this week? This week I was, it, it hit me again. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, first of all, the reality of the, the killing in Sacramento where the brother was running away from the police, trying to get away from the police and he was shot. Um, but then in Louisiana, the DA decided in Baton Rouge that the the killers of the, the man who was selling CDs um, didn't need to be charged with murder. So, that you know, it all, it all hit home. Uh, what's his name? Alton Sterling, is it? Is it? St- Sterling Brown? No, no, no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no Sterling Brown is alive and well, as far as I know, and I hope he continues. And, and I hope he doesn't run into, have any run-ins with the police in real life anyway. Yes, yes, uh, but to your point, um, and, and for those of you who are listening and hear us laughing, one of our most effective coping mechanisms is usually laughter because sometimes um, stuff is so crazy that if you don't laugh, you will um, cry and uh, potentially break down even further than that. So um, excuse us if that offends anybody, um, but know that um, it's really um it, I will. I will be the first to say this is an uncomfortable, um, frustrating topic. Um, that painful. And have to painful um, that we even have to discuss. So um, now it's, it's making me tear up now. So see, this is why I try to laugh about it. <clears throat> okay. So getting back to what you were saying. So Louisiana. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, I was just saying. You know, you 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 confront it once again when the DA doesn't what seems like a clear case of murder, if not murder, uh, manslaughter, but the DA decides not to bring any charges, uh, not, not to put it before a, a, a jury of peers to decide if this cop who killed an unarmed, uh, unaggressive black man should be put on trial for, for the, the crime that he, I think he committed. Uh, so, you know, the, the question of can a black man get justice is, is, is very apropos. 
Do I have an answer? Um, what do you think about it, Tanya? Why don't you go first? Um, well, you know my instinctive answer based on the stuff that's been going on for far too long, to be honest. I mean, when you said this week, I was just thinking this week just feels like, you know, um, another straw. Um, I'm looking for the straw that's going to break the camel's back and, um, and create the revolution. Um, but yeah, it, it just feels like we are weighted down with the number of cases where uh, black men are not getting justice. Um, uh, specifically police violence is not, there is no accountability in that system. So my instinctual answer to that is no. Um, black men can't get justice. Um, my, the practical side of me tries to think of, well, what, what would it take for that to change? But right now, my answer is no. Uh, I wanted to mention, actually, you talked about um, Louisiana, and of course, we were talking about California, Sacramento. Uh, while I was listening to uh, one of the uh, African-American radio shows on, um, on the Urban Channel on Sirius XM, Shout out, we're available. Um, the, uh, there, there is another case that happened in Chicago. I wasn't familiar with this case and I didn't get a chance to look it up, but um, there was someone who was also uh, walking away from the cops and was shot um, and was shot. Apparently there were multiple police officers on the scene and one cop shot multiple times. So it was the one cop's gun that, you know, I mean, even in the police reports that they filed, they said the one cop shot in it, but yet you still they're justifying that cop, you know, where all of the other ones obviously didn't see a need or I, I don't know, that, but, um, but he was walking away. So that was um, another case where, you know, um, I, I do believe that case was also dismissed. Um, so none of the cops were um, charged with anything in the end. Um, so. Uh, I need to look more into that. So if anybody has any details, they can add some comments and, and updates um, <clears throat> on our website, uh, nostupidquestionshow.com. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there are far too many examples. And in, in fact, to answer that question, I think you have to give me an example of where a black man has gotten justice um, that we know of. And um, you know, OJ, I struggle with that, that particular one, um, as, as do many. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to ask to exempt that particular case. <laughs> the glove didn't fit. Uh, well, um, and then he confessed, but anyway, that, that aside. Uh, so yeah, do you know of any cases where a black man has gotten justice, particularly in this arena? Yeah, you, you know, there there have been cases, and I can't give you the casebook sites for them, where police have been tried for uh, murder of, of, of Black folks. So I won't say there are none. Um, there are always exceptions to the rule. Were they tried and found guilty? You know of some like that? I, I, I do believe there are some. Okay. Maybe that's hope speaking, um, but, but I do believe there are some. Um, but it's far too many that don't. And when the odds are 
especially faced with some of the facts that we've come to know some of these cases when when it's one out of a hundred to me that's not getting that's that's not getting justice um and you know it's interesting you brought up you brought up a revolution you know what's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back for a revolution and you know i don't i don't know the answer to that and i don't even know if i'm rooting for a revolution you know i'm i'm becoming more of along the lines that a revolution may not be the solution. Um, now, how are you defining revolution? Well, I guess, you know, that's a good question. I mean, when, <laughs> when you say revolution, I'm thinking of you pick up your guns and I pick up my gun. <laughs> and, we a shot and we take 20 paces. <laughs> well, we, no, because I, I don't believe in, I believe in hiding and taking advantage I can get. Um, um, and I no, think I, I would, Go ahead. Finish what you were saying. But um, I mean, something has to change. And, you know, I also I'm not in favor of asking people to change. I don't I think that's a I don't I think that's nonsensical. Um, if, if you do believe you at war, or if you do believe it's a. A, a adversarial relationship that you want to change. I don't think you change it by asking the other side to help you win every now and then. You know, that that's not going to work. Um, I think you need to study what the other side is doing. And I think you need to strategize and come up with a counter attack, a counter plan. But to to ask them to change, which is something we've done a lot in this country. I, I don't think that's the solution. So, um, let me, let me, I, um, I agree with you on that and you know I do and I'm going to talk about a word that has come up many times between us in a minute. <laughs> I'm going to wait on that one. Um, to my definition of revolution, um, I think it, it has certainly evolved. There's the, you know, as you said, you get your guns, I get my cannons, you get your tanks, you know, everybody gets their, their, uh, they pull out the heavy machinery, literally. Um, that's not what I was referring to, I guess, especially given what we've seen from these wonderful, wonderful students from um, Parkland, um, you know, who have really just continued to put pressure, um, political pressure, working within the system. Uh, and I think that there is a revolution going on there because there is, um, when, you, when you hear these kids talk, they're talking a lot about very concrete actions in terms of getting people to vote and basically getting to the ballot box and, and you know, holding Congress people accountable for it, you know, to whatever degree, holding the executive branch uh, accountable. But we know that we have more leverage, of course, in the, um, these midterm elections with our Congress people. Um, and, and also getting educated about gerrymandering and redistricting and what that means. So, so I think that's good. But going to your point, though, to a certain degree, that's still in that arena of asking other people to help fix, you know, some of the things that we have going on. Um, it's, it's, it's a little more of a sort of joint effort, right, because we're taking the responsibility, ideally, to get our community, you know, all voted up <laughs> or, um, to make sure that we're present at town meetings and stuff like that. But uh, this is the word I'm going to bring up, that uh, segregation word. You, okay. knew that, you knew that was coming, I didn't you? I knew that was coming. <laughs> so, um, 
So it, it, it just, it, it made me think about um, what it means for us to, exactly to your point, to do things for ourselves. And, um, you know, and we've talked about this before, this whole concept of segregation, everyone thinks of people living. It's very geographical. It's very physical when people think about segregation. Um, but I guess I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of doing with segregation what we have tried to do with the word nigga. We're not going to get into that. But, you know, reframe, reframe it. Not today. <laughs> At least not today. Reframe it so that it actually takes a lot. There were some positive things that were happening as a result of our physical segregation. So my thing is, what, what are, where are those positive things? And to your point, it was a, a, a lot about us, you know, creating our communities and, um, and really becoming self-sufficient um, in, in, some, in some ways. And I think for, for this, um, you know, there, there, I, I, I got to believe that there are some answers in that sort of theme of things. What do you, what do you, what, what's going through your head when you hear me you know, talk about um, I don't know. I guess I, 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 I think about my journey and um, my beliefs about race and my views now are very different than they were when we met each other however many years ago at, as freshmen at Stanford. Um, you know, I, I lived in the black theme house at Stanford and I, I probably wish we could have built walls around it and made our professors come to the black theme house and, and not have to interact with anybody else. Um, but I've changed over the years and I do believe that we had some very positive things that we lost when we fought to integrate or assimilate. Is that the same word? You definitely uh, had. Well, yeah, if you if, uh, integrate and assimilate, that's an interesting question. Um, I think there are, uh, there are some aspects of the way we approached integration that actually look too much like assimilation. That's how I'm going to distinguish the two. I think integration does not require assimilation per se, but I think in our case, that was the way that we went about it. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm definitely against um, assimilation. I'm definitely for if segregation means we take responsibility to teach our own, raise our own, make sure our own are successful, then I'm definitely for that. Um, you know, I, I guess I, I, I think, and maybe I still have hope that people can interact and, and positively affect each other. I still have hope for that, even though I've been let down time after time after time. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm still grasping with this concept of, of what is the best solution for us. But I will say this, if it's not a physical segregation, I think there needs to be a mental segregation for at yeah. least a period of time. I mean, we need to, we need to circle the wagons and do things differently than what we've done the last 50 years.
30 years, 50 years. We need to, you know, it's funny. Um, somehow, some way, we have allowed people to tell us that the melanin in our skin makes us bad. And we believe that as we watch the same people who are telling us that try as hard as they can to, to get, get that some same pigment color. in their skin. Mm -hmm. How in the world does that happen? But it's happened. And somehow we have to reverse that. So we do need a revolution to reverse that, that, that mindset. And, you know, I, I realize that it is institutional and it's millions, billions of dollars that are reinforcing those negative thoughts in us. But somehow we have to figure out a way to combat that. So let me ask you this question, because you actually touched on something that I was just, um, I was thinking about. So on our question of can a black man get justice, um, how did integration play into the answer to that question? Did it make it more likely that a black man could get justice? Or was it, did it not change anything? Okay, good question. Um, or was it even better, actually? You know, that, that kind of assumes it either got better or it stayed the same. But, or was it better when we were, you know, not integrated? Um, so. Well, I, I think in a, in, a, in a system in which you kind of govern yourself, um, you, you control yourself, um, then the issue of, a black person getting justice within that system is no longer an issue um, because you obviously can get justice in the system when, when you control it, you run it, um, and you're not affected by the outside world. But even in a, in, in a um, segregated world, you always had interfaces that, that reached out of um, your, your community and in those situations then no there was no justice in those situations so to some degree some things got better uh, but I would say on the whole um, the things that affect everyday life I'd mm -hmm. probably say they got worse mm. there's, there's less justice now well it, it's, it is interesting because it's almost like the question of whether or not LeBron James is as good a player as Michael Jordan right they're not playing at the same time they're not playing in the same I, I don't know if that I, I must admit I am not enough of a basketball fan to actually talk about this with a high degree of detail so don't ask me to go further into this before than, than what I just going said down this road. Okay. <laughs> but I guess that you know the, this is this this is this question of is it, you know, is something better when it was in two different eras with two different contexts surrounding it, right? Um, and it's very, very difficult to make that assessment. And I think that, you know, the, the first thing that, because I was mulling it over, as I was asking you the question, I was mulling it over myself. And one of the things I thought about is, if, if we were to be just as a, as a quick vision of how a black man could get justice in today's world. If we were to, as you said, mentally segregate and potentially even physically segregate, if we had communities where we could control more of the police relationship, um, if we could demand based on, you know, this is the, this is the public you're serving that we have 
um, you know, part of some of the community policing um, measures that, you know, my, my father, who served with the New, New York Police Department, said that they had tried to put in place was a lot of um, meetings within the community, right, that police officers had to attend community meetings on a regular. So they started to get to know people. Um, so they would know if that was such and such as grandson, you know, so even if he was out. So, so there are some demands that we we would be empowered to make as part of that collective. Um, and, 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 you know, because if you look at when we were segregated, there were many, many, many other laws, right? So our civil rights were, were really enabling any of this sort of, this sort of police brutality. Um, but when you look at it now, and what we could do within the context of the laws that we do have now, we're, we're, you know, Again, setting aside the fact that you have to get justice in order for laws to work for you, <laughs> um, we we have at least the constructs where we can demand um, something that could make the situation better, and we could take more um, responsibility and 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 action um, to make that happen. So, so I was just uh, that's that's kind of what came to mind for me in terms of being able to compare those two because I know it's difficult, um, but. Um, yeah, I think there's something to that mindset that you talked about um, that is more about our collective, which kind of implies that it's a segregated mindset. Right. And, and so on the issue of community policing, which gets you similar to what you had before um, desegregation, because uh, it used to be that black, you mm -hmm. got black police for the black community and white police for the white community. Mm -hmm. um, and as the first line of the first line into the justice system, police have a lot of power. So if they see Lil Johnny, or let me change the names, um, Lil James and Lil Michael fighting in the street, and they have a choice. They could arrest them for fighting in the street, or they could go take them to, to, to Grandma Julianne and, and Grandma Bessie and say your boys were fighting in the street, y'all need to deal with them. You picked two grandma names, I tell you, but go yeah, ahead. And, and actually they're in my family, so <laughs> he close to home. Um, and you keep them out of the, the, you keep them out of jail, you keep them out of the, the justice system, and their, their traject trajectories are totally different. But when you have foreigners, and maybe even, I say foreigners, when you have, yeah, foreigners, and maybe even enemies, walking upon that same situation, first thing they're gonna do is take them to jail and make, make, make everybody miserable. So from a just simplistic view, um, yeah, you, you don't get justice when that occurs. There, there is no justice for black men or women when that occurs. Yeah, when you're, because the options are limited, right? And, and that's, that's part of what I think we're talking about is we're talking about giving them some other options than, you know, shooting to kill. I mean, you know, when, when I think about um, these police situations um, and, you know, having a father who was a police officer, I know that not every policeman is bad. Um, I believe that there is a training issue I believe that there is a culture issue, but I think those things can be overcome with some of the things that we're talking about when you, like you, like you said, when you know 
the grandmothers and you know the kids and you you know because you start to look at these you know if you know the kids you start to look at them more as people and as kids will be kids which people will say in certain instances but when they're strangers it's just oh that's you know that's a dangerous thug it, right. it they change from from being a kid etc um so yeah so i i am um, I definitely think that there, there are two things that I, I heard about that relate to what I was talking about in terms of this issue of culture and this issue of training. I was listening to um, the same radio show and there was a gentleman that called in that's to say that he was, um, he was training in training to be a sheriff in the um, California Sheriff's Department. And I, I can't remember if it was actually Sacramento, but he said that during his gun training, the gun master, whomever, you know, was doing the training, said that they should shoot to kill. Because then they don't have to worry about, I mean, I don't think he said exactly this, but basically they didn't have to worry about paperwork. They don't have to worry about somebody's word against theirs. They don't have to worry about, you know, so, you know, because when you fire your weapon, automatically that's, you know, that does, that does it require some paperwork. Now, again, the accountability is not there, so it feels like that paperwork is sort of a, just a, a dotting of an eye. Uh, so, so that he actually decided that he was not going to be a sheriff um, because of that, and he had to sue. Which is interesting because we've never heard about this case. Because I was like, oh, really? You sued the sheriff's department because I guess he had some commitment. I guess based on, of course, the training investment they had in him or something like that, right? Because ultimately, he had to sue to get out of his commitment. Um, well, he got out of it, and he said that the judge very clearly declared that they could not make him do something that was against his sort of moral beliefs. And I was like, well, whose moral beliefs does that coincide? I mean, I just don't even understand how, you know, that doesn't lead to another case from, you know, the district attorney to say. So anyway, so that's the training issue. Um, and then on the culture issue, you know, I, I I do know that there is a there is a real strong, you know, snitches get stitches. You know, they always say that for people in prison, but I'm pretty sure that's that's what exists for the with the cops as well, right? Um, so the, I I think there's a real culture of, you know, hey, even if somebody messed up, we're not going to admit to that, and that's right. that's a problem, right? Well, you know, the, 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 the motto is to protect and to serve. And, you know, they, I don't think they meant to protect themselves and to serve themselves. Um, and so I think there's a real problem with police who are fearful. I mean, I think some of them are really fearful for their lives and that makes them trigger happy. Um, that should not be the case. That, that should not be, that person should not have made the profile to be a cop but it happens over and over again. Um, you know, going back to a white cop going to jail for killing a black man, uh, I, I, I knew there was a case. Um, so in South Carolina, the, the mm. death of Walter Scott, mm. um, the cop that killed Walter Scott got 20 years in prison. Um, so big ups to South Carolina for doing the right thing. I was born there, so you know I expect them to do some some things right. Because <laughs> they produced you, is that, yeah. is that how that works? Okay, <laughs> that, that wasn't just luck. They had to do some other things right as well. 
Um, so do they have any of the details surrounding that case? Why, why do you, did, did they, in any of the coverage, was there any reason given to say why this might have been so different than so many other cases? Well, you know, that was the case in which um, they had on video um, Walter Scott running away from the police and um, the cop, I can't remember the cop's name. Good. Um, right. Okay. But so the cop um, shot him and I think the cop also dropped a, a weapon to say that he had a weapon. Um, so there was, so there was planted evidence, planting evidence. Um, mm -hmm. So there was a, there were some extreme circumstances there, even though planting evidence is not a new thing. Mm -hmm. uh, as a matter of fact, there, there are many cases where uh, in police departments, it's been found that cops carry extra, extra guns on them just to drop them if need be. Yeah. Um, it's a rough <laughs> world for, for, for black people. Um, you know, you get you get shot for running from the police. I guess Walter Scott, Freddie Gray, Stephon Clark in Sacramento. Yeah. You get shot for walking, uh, driving. Um, well, well, you know, and, and, and a couple of people have brought this up in the past, but, you know, I mean, this 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 Amadou Diallo. I mean, these are all things that happened when we were, you know, younger and in and, and right. college and stuff. So this this definitely has been going on for some time, I think, of course, with the way that media is so, you know, pervasive and, and certainly cell phones and, you know, everyone is so connected that these stories travel much faster and especially cross country and even globally. Um, but, you know, you were actually um, speaking of the, um, the, the police and, and the planting of evidence. And, um, and one of the things that um, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's the question. Well, it sounds like we both said, we both said no very easily. So, so this must be one of those simple questions. Uh, that, yes. But but then again, I have a, a different angle I want to explore. Um, so in a place where, or in a society where um, we don't vote the way we should vote, um, there could be a lot more black judges. So wait a minute, just to be clear, do you mean the direction or the number of people? Wait, I'm talking yeah. about well, turnout, I'm talking turnout. about I'm talking about the turnout now. Okay, okay, okay. Um, you know. In Detroit, I doubt that every judge is black, but every judge should be black in Detroit. In Orleans Parish, which I know a lot better, I know that the criminal justice system is not filled with all black judges. But if we went out and voted in our best interest, maybe it would be filled with all black judges. So we have a responsibility within the system that we live in to participate at the highest and get some of that justice that we want. So when we don't do that, we have failed ourselves. And, you know, I started earlier by saying, I don't think we should ask other people to help us. Yeah. But we definitely have to help ourselves to the highest extent possible. And uh, yeah. so in every one of these communities, high profile police killing communities, it was usually in a place where there were a lot of black folks. And if we don't affect who becomes the judges in these cities, if we don't affect who becomes the sheriffs who's often the elected position in these cities, then we have failed ourselves. So in order to get justice, 
sometimes we have to demand justice, not by asking for it, but by acting and actively going out and getting. Um, so some of that falls on us. I, I, and I, I agree with that. I, I think that we've got to not just sit and talk about it. Um, you know, as they say, we got to be about it, right? And, you know, when you talk about um, justice and what that means in terms of, you know, whether or not we actually, um, for, to me, it, there's justice in the, on the individual basis. And then there's justice on the sort of justice for all, the justice for all concept. And if, if, if to your point, if this gentleman in South Carolina, you know, if, if the cop for, for killing him was, you know, did serve time and was convicted, it is very, very different when you have, um, you know, uh, uh, when, when, when you look at it in the context of the overall, which is, did he really get justice if his brethren, you know, for lack of a better word, are, are still suffering from, from the same, you know, basically illness, you know what I mean? Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of that, that those exceptions are almost even scarier because they're not, they're not painting a picture of, a, a, you know, a sort of complete justice system is you're really seeing it in specific cases where there's just this sort of extreme and I don't know, sometimes they're not even extreme. Um, but yeah, I, I, I honestly feel like there is this concept of, so if we break down the question as we sometimes do, you know, can a black man get justice? I think it's, you know, can a black man get justice so that it actually makes a difference in many, many, many more people's lives than just that one person. And that's your point where I think the, the actions that we're taking are absolutely critical um, to, to, to making sure that, you know, we, um, we don't, we don't have to experience, we talked about at the beginning of this uh, show, the, the painfulness of this, and it's just, it's just painful. It's, I, you know, I see these parents and the loved ones of these people, and I, and my heart just freaking breaks, um, because it doesn't seem necessary, and it doesn't seem fair, um, so I, the only other thing I will say is that, um, well, it's probably not going to be the only other thing today, <laughs> but justice um, is one of those things. Someone mentioned, uh, and I don't remember who I was talking to about just some of this stuff going on today. Um, we've got to, to your point, I mean, I think there's the voting and the kind of showing up in a lot of other ways, but we've got to reflect respect for our lives. We fight. Uh, Black Lives Matter is out there. You know, we, we fight for this um, and we challenge this belief that our lives matter. Um, yet sometimes, to your point, we're not eating our own dog food. Um, if, if we are not, and I'm not even saying, you know, that we're necessarily all, I mean, we have issues with, you know, black on black crime, but I'm also talking about how we represent the facts that our lives matter, um, how we take care of ourselves. Um, you know, I mean, we, again, have the highest incidence of a lot of diseases, et cetera. So we're, we're to your point, again, 
we can take on some stuff, you know, that allows us to start, you know, internally demonstrating that our lives matter and that we, you know, um, before we ask for other people to do it. And, and part of that is, like you said, being stand up and, and voting and showing that your vote matters because that means that you being here, your life has, has a role. So I, so I think there's, a, you know, there's definitely the, the sort of bigger picture um, besides just all of these little cases um, so that we can, we can really make a difference. I hear you. <laughs> all right. Well, have we solved this, this question? <laughs> I think, well, I don't know if we've solved it, um, but we've explored it. Yes. And, and so... While we may not have gotten justice thus far in, in this great country we call America, um, the goal is to, to get it, and we have to start giving it to ourselves first. I, I fully agree. So can a black man get justice? Maybe. <laughs> That's not one of the answers. Um, yeah, I, I, we look forward to hearing what you all have to say. Um, I think we, we have some things that we can do to have a higher likelihood of getting justice. No stupid questions. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. You can ask any question that you want or don't ask no stupid ass questions. <laughs>